The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. All right, everybody. We are back. Part two of our UFC 272 post-fight coverage. It's the live post-fight show here on MMAfighting.com, and we got the whole crew here to react to Colby Covington defeating Jorge Mazadal and all the other big storylines that happened on another Saturday night in Las Vegas, Nevada. We got the whole crew here. We got Shaheen Alshadi. We got AK Lee. And on site, we got Jose Youngs, the man, the myth, the legend, doing a tremendous job. And that's where we're going to begin because we only have Jose for a few minutes. The man's been out just hustling his butt off all week long. So, Jose, let's begin with you. Colby Covington goes out there, defeats Jorge Mazadal. This fight was not very close at all. Mazadal had his moments, but for the most part, this was the Colby Covington show. This is a fight a lot of people expected. A lot of the, the this is why the betting line was so high. Your thoughts on Covington's performance and and did anything surprise you in the fight? Is this the fight you kind of expected to, to happen? Well, if you remember in my, the preview show, I actually picked Corey Mazadal to play Devil's Advocate, and I kind of talked talked myself into him winning. I like, I like I said, I was very hyper specific with my prediction. I thought Jorge was going to be losing the fight until he just kind of hurts Colby with something, either with a body shot or one of his patented like running like hooks or whatever, and then he was going to swarm him and finish him. And for a split second, I thought that was going to happen in the fourth round. So I guess I'm not surprised at how well Colby did. I'm very surprised that Jorge's cardio kind of failed him because he's also said, like, my cardio is on point too. I run triathlons too. Like, I can I can do this all day, this and that. So uh, I'm not surprised that Colby won. Like, realistically, I, I think I said on the preview show, I said, like, if I was a smart man, I would pick Colby. 
I am very surprised that Jorge's body kind of failed him because I was on record saying Jorge hurts Colby. He's, his killer instinct is not going to allow Colby Cummings to finish that fight. And the second he drops Colby, I was like, oh, man, like that's a wrap. Like, he's going to bum rush him and put him to sleep. I don't think he like ran at all. Like He hurt him and then just kind of stared at him at him blankly until Colby Covington recovered. So I am very shocked that Jorge Masvidal didn't push the pace more uh, when he hurt him and his body just seemed to fail him by the, by the time the fourth round started. Yeah, and to sort of build upon that with you, Sean, that that was a huge moment in the fight. Masvidal finally landed that big shot, finally got Covington's respect, finally got his attention, dropped him to a knee. It looked like we're, that killer instinct was going to come out, but he it just he couldn't do it. Like it just the 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 energy was not with him any longer, but I, I actually thought Mazdal's response to the press conference was interesting. That he kind of used his brain. He thought Covington was going to shoot right away and he was going to get ready for a knee and, and land that. But in hindsight, obviously that was a regret because he had a small window and he, he just couldn't get it going. So, just your thoughts on Covington's performance and and were you surprised that after Mazdal landed that big shot that he didn't pounce? He didn't use that killer instinct that we're so used to seeing from him. Yeah, I mean, I'll start with the second question first because I don't, I don't, in, in the moment, I was obviously surprised because you see it play out and it's just like, oh, Jorge, this is the moment. This is the one you've been waiting for this whole time. But in hearing his explanation and also just, you know, in retrospect, now that we have a little bit of time, makes a lot of sense, right? At that point, it's the fourth round. He's been almost drowning basically under this wrestling for the, for 15 minutes, 17 minutes at this point. He's exhausted. And as he said, he, he's expecting more wrestling to come. He was almost in his own way at that point. Uh, but it's unfortunate for him because that was certainly the moment. And to answer your first question, uh, in regards to the overall performance from Colby. I mean, this was a thorough domination, if we're being honest. From pillar to post, outside of that one shot in the fourth round, this was just Colby Covington's fight the whole way through. And I think when the UFC first booked this fight as a main event, a five-round main event, pretty much everybody with a Twitter account predicted this sort of, uh, of reality, right? A cardio-heavy, wrestling-heavy decision where Colby's going to probably land punches in bunches, take down Jorge and just really grind him out and make him tired and win a, a fairly lopsided decision. It's what we've seen from Colby throughout his entire UFC career. Anybody, anytime he's fighting somebody not named Kamaru Usman, this is sort of what happens. And it's what, if we're being honest, it's what we've seen from Jorge, his whole UFC career, especially at welterweight. It hasn't really been any different. He struggles with high level wrestlers his whole career. And this one kind of, it's one of those weird ones where it played out how a lot of people thought it was going to play out almost to a T and I almost don't think we've learned anything new from this from either man, because again, this is the way Colby wins and this is the way Jorge loses. And that's just ultimately how we saw it play out tonight. There is one person who thought this fight might play a little differently. Uh, even going as far as to saying that Mazadal would win this fight by decision. Who was that person? Oh, it was you, Loud my best proud. friend. It was you. Loud and proud, baby. It was you. Loud and proud. Loud and proud. So by... Uh, by like minute by like minute four of round two, like when the broadcast actually came back on your television screen, like what are you thinking? Uh, like oh, thinking we didn't about your prediction. Broadcast. Are you thinking I'm in Canada. We didn't you lose didn't the broadcast lose the up here. I, we don't have no ESPN plus problems. <laughs> okay. But anyways, so you got to see the whole round play out. So by like the four minute mark of round number two, are you just thinking, boy, my pick is just is just not good right now? I, I'm it's not happening. 
No, because we sort of discussed it earlier on the show that we thought he would he would definitely lose the first two rounds, and then I would hope the tie would have like what happened in the fourth round is what I thought could have happened in the third round, where where he rocked him and like hurt him, uh, and like you know and showed some signs of life, um, but it just happened way too late. Uh, as as I think as Jose said, he just couldn't pull the trigger after he landed that shot. Uh, it uh, Colby just his gas tank is so superior. Uh, his his offense is is fantastic. Uh, maybe I'm I'm overselling it. It's just fantastic, uh, and it and it just drained whatever, excuse me, whatever reserves that uh, Mazzola had. So by the time the fourth came around, he landed that big shot. I mean, those arms, you know, there's probably just it's just from from dealing with Colby's wrestling and throwing a lot. I mean, Mazzola was throwing a lot of punches, but I mean, a lot of those when he threw, man, some of those wild shots weren't landing. And I think anyone who's even boxed a little bit or done any sort of martial arts knows like man if you throw wild and you throw heavy you really can't maintain that for a long time uh even if you're uh you know a ufc level athlete like masvidal he is 37 years old and again he's got another guy that he's got to deal with who's taking who's digging into those reserves so yeah it was really it was really unfortunate to watch so it actually did almost play out as as i was thinking it would um it's just that it happened after after the third round mike is when i was like well i mean that that's masvidal by decision out the window especially since round three Probably could have been a ten eight. Then you really need to see that finish, uh, which he almost got in the fourth. But um, again, credit to Covington. He he made sure that uh, that uh, Masvidal did not have enough left, so that even when he got hurt, he had plenty of time to recover. So you know, criticize Masvidal, sure. But uh, again, Covington, uh, he 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 took this fight. You know, he owned it. So Colby outlanded Masvidal two hundred eighteen to ninety. Uh, throughout the fight so i mean a huge discrepancy in the total strikes significant strikes 94 to 67 for colby the big number control time 16 minutes and 14 seconds of control time for colby Covington, as opposed to 21 seconds for for mazadal so this is sort of the fight we expected if it was going to be a covington victory jose he gets on the microphone and he calls out Dustin Poirier. This is a fight that seeds have been planted for for a while. I've interviewed Colby probably like two or three times in the last year, and he's mentioned Poirier and cut a very similar promo throughout those conversations as well. People are kind of hit or miss on this fight. Where are you at? Do you feel like this is a fight that could possibility, or do you think we're going in a different direction with Colby? I have no idea. Uh, Dustin seems to want to fight Nate. Nate seems to want to fight Dustin, but at the same time, Nate also wants to fight Connor. But then Rafael dos Anjos also wants to fight Connor. Colby Covington says he wants to fight Kamaru. Kamaru said he also wants to fight Colby Covington. So I honestly don't know if it happens. I'm going to say yeah, that makes sense. And if it doesn't happen, I'm going to say yeah, that makes sense too. So it seems everyone wants to fight everyone. No one is actually you know making the fight official <laughs> so sure why not that fight can happen Dustin Poirier doesn't even seem overly interested in it so one half seems interested the other half doesn't that hasn't prevented the UFC from making fights before so sure why not what do you think Sean like are you into this idea like the, I'll, I'll give my take on it in a minute you don't seem all, all overly thrilled with that with that idea but he seems to want it and when Colby like I mean, it might take a while to get there. We got Woodley after like a two-year two-year build. We got Mazadov after like a two-year build. Is this a fight we see like this year, or is this a fight we see in 2020? Is this a fight we never see between Covington and Poirier? 
I will be legitimately stunned if we ever see this fight, and particularly next. I think there's no way in hell it actually ends up happening next, strict, if only because Dustin's just not going to do it. I think there's two reasons, right? Probably uh, Dustin has already said this, that he's just there's no chance in hell he's going to give Colby that type of opportunity to, to make any money off of him and use his name in any capacity that's a money-making endeavor. I, I totally believe Dustin when he says that. He is a man of principle, and he certainly seems uh, very convinced of this idea that he's like, I'm just not giving you this opportunity, dude. But also, too, I mean, Dustin is a, is a lightweight, and I know he's talked about moving up to welterweight, but I'm sure even in his heart of hearts, he is, he knows as a lightweight who has historically struggled, struggled against wrestlers, moving up to a higher weight division to fight the second best wrestler in the entire division instantly probably is just not a great idea, especially for where he's at in his career. I don't think there's any way that this fight happens next. And to me, it was kind of a waste of a call out because I, I think Colby probably knows too, that this fight's probably not going to happen. And there was maybe other stuff there for him. He's otherwise it's just the, the reality for him kind of is just doing the Robert Whitaker at this point where he's getting pushed back into this division is just fighting, you know, all these various contenders at 170 at this point, because the weird the weird like subplot of this whole week and really of this fight in general is that Colby doesn't have an a win over an active top 15 UFC welterweight which is not true in anymore obviously he beat Jorge Masvidal tonight but it also kind of speaks to the whole state of this division and how this division has been for the last like four years or so where you between these two guys in the cage tonight Colby and Jorge we had four of the last five title defenses represented between them both I mean this has been basically a cycle between a three-man game of Usman Jorge and Colby for the last three or four years and that has really done a number to this division just in terms of everyone else having to recycle and sort of be walking in place and, and treading water that's not the case anymore and, the, and Kamaru Usman had nothing to do with this tonight but it did feel as if tonight was almost um I don't know how to compare it, but maybe like the penultimate episode to like a long running series where obviously Usman still has the belt and these two guys are still active, but we're finally reaching this end of this Masvidal Covington Usman chapter in this division and Usman for however long, much longer he's going to have the belt. He's 34. He has bad knees. It seems like he's talking retirement more and more lately. Who knows how long it's going to be, but it does feel as if a newer era at 170 is about to happen. Uh, and tonight did kind of did feel like maybe the final bow on that chapter that has been this cycle we've been going through at 170 over and over and over for the last couple of years. So where do so you'd have to say, AK, that if if Sean's theory is true, and there's obviously a lot of substance to that, you have, Mazadal is out of this equation for the foreseeable future, right? So now now what happens? Because we one of the big questions was what happens to the stocks if a guy loses, and we said if Covington gets bolted, this is really bad for him, and all of us, at least in most ways, thought that a Mazadal loss wasn't a huge deal. Because because he's a made man, so to speak. But after seeing him 50-44 out there, essentially, some people I saw said 50-43. I actually scored a 50-43 for Covington. Is there really a stock drop? Like, does his stock drop here? Like, it has to drop somewhat, right? Like, right? It has to. I don't know if I don't know if it drops, but but at, for him at this point, at 37 years old, neutral is almost as bad as dropping. Like. It's a good thing. There's two, there's two two other uh, sources I want to talk about here. Uh, uh, Dana White, after himself, was just kind of like, uh, I don't know what to do with this guy. I, I I know we signed him to a big contract earlier this week. Uh, we don't think that far ahead, and that's never a good sign. Like I and 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 what <laughs> and I would hope Dana White's only speaking for himself, and that the people who are actually like you know who actually handle like 
the 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 front office stuff like the the actual signing of these things and negotiations do have a plan for Jorge Masvidal because I think that's a very silly thing to say. I like to believe that the other decision makers at the UFC have a bit of a you know are, are a bit more uh, focused on on what to do with Mr. Masvidal. But and the other thing was uh, was his coach Dan Lambert on the MMA hour or MMA hour excuse me earlier this week saying how Jorge can really do anything. Uh, I, I think he he was trying to say like, it just isn't like a do or die thing for Masvidal as far as his life goes. Uh, he has interests outside of MMA. Uh, he has his own promotions. You know, he has the bare knuckle, and then he has the icon, the icon fighting as well. And then uh, he appeared on AEW, right? So it's interesting because he did. We know he'd re upped with the UFC, so there there has to be some sort of commitment there, but also that he does have options. So I, I don't know how much of it is going to be in Masvidal's hands as far as what he wants to do next, or if the UFC really can sort of find this. Uh, you know, find an appealing him or even a series of matchups to keep him around because he's really done everything that you can do now uh, in the UFC outside from winning the undisputed title. And that is a very, very distant uh, 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 feat that he could, that he can go for now. That's really not in the question. So are there fun fights for him? Maybe Uh, is it, are they going to let him do stuff outside the UFC while the rest of the division kind of sorts stuff out? That might be something that happens, but um, yeah, pretty much he's in neutral and that's not great. Um, outside of the fact that he, thankfully uh, for him, has uh, has already signed a new deal. What do you think about that, Jose? Your thoughts on where where Mazdal's stock? I mean, listen, business wise, bank account wise, doesn't drop that much. But the way people view him as UFC welterweight contender, Jorge Mazdal, does it does it does the stock drop after tonight? One hundred percent. Twenty thousand people booed him when he was doing this post fight interview. He got cheered when he entered. Twenty five minutes later, he's getting booed. So I can tell you firsthand, people have already kind of his stock has already dropped in the eyes of the fans in attendance, uh, considering he got the hero's welcome. Colby Covington got booed, but when he both when he entered and when he left, and Jorge had the one that flipped. So yeah, his stock dropped probably in the eyes of fans as a legitimate contender. But there's still fights for him to make money. He's still incredibly popular. So I think at this point, you just don't give him up. And, intense wrestler match him up with these like high level strikers uh he also like like sean has said like kind of hints at retirement a bit he goes back to the gym in a few weeks and he's getting beat up by the younger guys he's probably gonna hang it up soon i can't imagine he fights two three more years so uh i know depending on if nate comes or goes he, he's always talked about running it back with nate that's obviously a fight he can very easily win and i'm sure the leon edwards fight is still there especially if leon comes up short against Usman. i think that's a, a fight that you can sell for both men especially with them coming off losses because they both have the bad blood. They were matched up against each other before. But in terms of the fans, stocks very clearly dropped, as I can tell you from tonight. But there's still money to make for Hori Masu, which is the most important thing considering their prize fight at the end of the day. It's a great point, and that's why you're here, to give the on-site perspective, Jose. But I know you have a million things going on. You have busted your your us for us all week long and we appreciate that and i think at this point i think it's only fair to to let you go off and and do your own thing my man any final words for the peeps before you call it a a wrap for this fight week yeah the mvp of the fight week in terms of predictions is me i told you marina marina would not have beef at the end of it and i told you for and colby were not gonna hug in the cage someday y'all will listen to me that's a wrap <laughs> uh, thank you, Jose. Much appreciated. And, humble uh, as always. We'll humble as always. Eh? Humble as always. That's what we love about him. Yes. That's what we love about Unbelievable. him. Unbelievable. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, we'll, we'll continue on with this conversation. Uh, Sean, this is the fight of the night. We got the bonuses. This was the fight of the night. I thought for sure that we were going to get it out of the co-main event, even though it was not a close fight. But when we see guys, when one guy is praised for being so tough and bleeding well, and one guy is just dominant, it's like almost the formula. It's always there that this is the fight of the night. They go ahead and give it to the main event, which on the scorecards is probably a little more lopsided, if we're being honest. So are you surprised that this is the direction they went, that they went Covington-Mazadal's the fight of the night on this card? I mean, I'm a bit surprised because it's just the wrong decision, right? Like, this wasn't the best fight of the night. I would say it's probably not the second best fight of the night. Maybe it's not the third best fight of the night. Like, I would holland Oliveira was... A, a better fight for however long it lasted. Uh, also, uh, Marina Rodriguez and Jan Xiaonan were, was spectacular. And uh, you're right, the co-main event is usually the type of fight that would win fight of the night. Uh, but I, I do want to revisit quickly the the Masvidal question and sort of where he goes next because I think this is an this is a fascinating question that's just going to linger a bit in the ether as we move forward in this space just over the next few months and over the summer because Masvidal I, I still believe comes out of this just as a star and we mentioned this earlier in the week where it's just once you become a star like it's really really hard in MMA to become to reach that stardom level but once you get there it kind of stays with you for a really long time through losses and through whatever like you have to really do a lot to lose that level of stardom where people want to watch you and they're tuning in specifically to watch you like i feel like masvidal comes away with this still having that to a certain degree like the people in the arena weren't happy with the show that they saw but they'll still tune in the next time game bread is headlining you know a pay-per-view or a fight night or whatever like he's still going to be that guy to a certain degree again a lot of people felt like this was the most likely result uh just like oh I, I, it's comparable to me to like the first usman fight where like he comes in there loses uh, a very lopsided decision but in a way that we all kind of expected it to happen uh this felt very similar to me and and honestly like i know it's not going to happen but now would be the perfect time for that Conor McGregor mega fight that we all thought was going to happen a year or two ago. Because you get a chance to refresh the brand against a big-time striker with a big-time name. 
and Connor's not going to come in there trying to wrestle with him. They could promote the, promote the hell out of it. They're both going to sell it. Uh, it. It feels to me like now would be the perfect opportunity for that. I just don't think that they're going to do it because I think there's a good chance Connor just waltzes right into a title shot off two losses. <laughs> so like oh, that maybe, no. maybe maybe that's just out the window. Maybe that maybe that doesn't happen. But honestly, for Masvidal, it might not be a bad idea to just kind of sit back for a second and reassess because this landscape is ever shifting. It changes every day. You never know who's going to come up. You never know what kind of big names are going to be available at what at what up or what. <clears throat> I should say, or what opportunities are going to be available at any given moment. Stuff changes so quickly, like sitting back and kind of laying low for like six months and waiting for the right matchup honestly might not be the worst idea for this guy. Completely agree with you. Take some time and uh, smell the roses a little bit. I know they're not going to smell all that great after losing to a guy. Um, yes, I have. And that's OK. I'm here with my friends and just talking to my guys- friends to the bar. Do you guys think there's a chance, uh, talking about waiting for the right matchup, that uh, Masvidal doesn't fight again for the rest of the year? Mm, I do. No, nah, I, I think do. you you, you, you don't think, think he'll you fight. Think he'll you think there's a chance he won't fight again this year? A chance, certainly. I mean, I don't think if if it was odds makers, I would say maybe like a 40 percent chance of that. But I think there's definitely a a chance that that happens, like a timeline where that happens, where again, he's just kind of sitting back and waiting for the right fight. Because if, if I'm Jorge Masvidal, I'm not just taking anything. Like I'm, you're not throwing me in there with Sean Brady or someone like that. You know, like you're not putting me back into the queue and just throwing me against any rando at welterweight. Like it has to make sense. It has to make dollars and it has to make sense. So I think there's certainly a chance you could sit back and, and see how it plays out for the rest of the year. I mean, there's options. There's definitely options. I mean, I, I like if Gilbert Burns beats Hamzat like you could do Hamzat in Mazdal and that will draw you could do Burns in Mazdal and that will make sense if Usman beats Leon Edwards if that fight comes to fruition it looks like by all accounts we're looking at possibly July for that one if Usman beats Leon Edwards like the betting odds will probably have him favored to do then you can do Edwards versus Mazdal we could finally get some some settlement to that beef the three piece in the soda someone gets their comeuppance and that I think you could sell the crap out of that. So he's got options. You could do the Connor fight too. I mean, there's, there's options. It's just timing opponent, all of that stuff. How are they going to match up? But I agree with Sean, like Mazanov is not going to fight Shafkot Rachmanov next. No. Like, that's just a yeah. silly or idea. Sean, or that's <laughs> Sean Brady, Sean Brady, right? I saw some people saying Sean Brady. I'm like, no, no, no. that's not going to happen. Why? That's, Why not gonna, do that? that's not going to happen. Maybe we get the, you know what? You, you know what? You could maybe do a wonder boy rematch. That first fight was kind of close. Like, Ma, you could do that. I know Ma's Wonder Boy's been talking about maybe getting that rematch. You get two guys kind of on tough runs. People like both of those guys. So that's an idea as well. But AK and I will give you more official picks tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern on, on to the next one. So, Mr. AIM, we thought I've talked about this card for eight hours. I'm going to talk about it for at least another 90 minutes tomorrow morning with AK as well. So get ready for that. So that is the main event. Still some lingering questions that we will uh, certainly get to answer. But let's talk about this co-main event, AK, because... Rafael Dos Anjos goes out there, puts a beating on Hanata Moicano. And like we talked about earlier, Moicano just showed that grit, his toughness. He's shoving the cut man out of the way at the end of the fight. Don't touch me. I'm ready to go. Just passing all the medical tests. Goes out there, loses a lopsided decision. But a lot of people feel like Hanato Moicano's stock rose tremendously in this fight. RDA just looked fantastic. So what, what did you think of RDA's performance and – just the, the grit and toughness of one Hinata Moicano tonight. 
Uh, first, I just want to say, producer Casey, did you notice we got a we got a weirdo pop up in the YouTube comments? Uh, someone he's they're saying he drank too much coffee and he's watching the yeah, show now. I saw that. I saw that. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Very, I apologize. The account right now. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Can yeah, you just uh, yeah, or exactly, I was just exactly. say, just ban? I'd say just ban them just ban, to be safe. Yeah, I think that they're, but, <laughs> gotcha. I don't just the name just throws me the wrong way. I'm gonna do some uh, push-ups right now. We'll, 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 <laughs> yeah, if you guys do some push-ups. Yeah, listen, the coming event. So at some point, like oh, I had to tweet my, my classic Hello Ariel. I had to tweet my classic line. Uh, MMA is supposed to be fun. Uh, props to Hinata Moikano for stepping in there. I think we all thought good for him. I, some people said it was a no, like there wasn't a lot to gain. I think there was a lot to gain. I think Dos Anjos would have been by far the biggest name he's ever beaten if he were able to pull it off. But just like stylistically, um, RDA is such a good matchup for him. Again, as far as grappling striking goes, we saw that one, like that Moicano burst we expected in the first, like what, two minutes of the fight? We saw it. We saw it. And I'm sure there were some people who thought, oh, well, here we go. This is this is him showing, you know, youth, over, the young man taking control of the fight. It looked like he was going to get a choke for like maybe a second. And then we remembered RDA is bringing RDA, one of, one of the best grapplers of the sport, most well-rounded fighters turned it around, and for the rest of the fight, all the grappling was in RDA's favor. Um, so there was a lot, I, I feel like there was there was a lot for Moikano to gain. And after seeing how it unfolded, I realized now there actually was a lot for Moikano to lose. I would have originally said it was a, it was a, a low-risk, high-reward fight. Now I see, we see the risk. When you see a guy take a beating like that, you see the risk. This is MMA. That's the kind of fight, and it, and it went for two more rounds than it should have gone, you know. That's the kind of fight that takes years off a guy's life that not just physically, but I mean, their confidence to be so dominated like that in such a high profile fight, uh, recovering from that mentally. I have no, I'm, I'm not a fighter. I have no capacity for like how, what that, what kind of toll that takes on you. But I mean, it looked, it looked brutal as it was happening. Credit to him. Uh, a lot of people, I think thought he won the fifth round. So he certainly battled back, but I guarantee you it was 90% on instinct and, and and what a talented guy he is. It just shouldn't have happened. You could have thrown in the towel after the third round. I would like to think nobody would have complained. Sure, you would have had people booing the arena, but you would have done your fighter a big, big, big favor. So it, that that Coleman was, was tough to watch at times. As much as I love watching RDA do his thing and seeing the heart of Moicano, for me, hey, I know I'm I'm a big softy. <laughs> Uh, I'm not. I'm not hard like Air Hawani doing push-ups in the middle of the night. It, it's 3 a.m. on the East Coast, and uh, and this man's putting in work. Uh, but it, it was tough <laughs> to watch for me. I didn't. I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I I understand actually why it didn't win the uh, fight of the night. Though that would have been a nice bonus for Moicano, who I would like to think they gave a bonus anyway. Uh, but let's let's not do that again, UFC. If it, it is kind of, I'm glad they saved a fight. Let's make it three rounds next time. Moicano's corner. Let's monitor his health a little bit closer. Um, good for RDA. Great win. Reminded people that uh, he's still on another level than like 90% of the fighters in the world. But man, not a, not an enjoyable fight overall. Yeah. In hindsight, the five rounds was a terrible idea with the replacements. It just was an awful idea. And this is kind of the reason that I didn't like the idea of Terrence McKinney or somebody like that being put into the slot. Because if Terrence McKinney goes in there, not saying he can't go out there and just blast Dos Anjos and what a huge moment that would be. But if a similar performance happened and he took a kind of beating like that for 25 minutes, like that can stunt your evolution in this sport real quick. And a lot of some fighters just can't come back from that. So I actually like McKinney's new fight against Drew Dober next week. I think that's that's a great opportunity. It's a more better stylistic fight for him. And I like it a lot. So, Sean, what, what are your thoughts on the, the corner? Because I, I have to say, and we, we crap on the referees and 
the, 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 some of the officials and people in the sport, like outside of the cage, like the judges, but I got to say Mark Goddard, a plus plus for the way he handled that entire situation. The doctor I thought was very fair and Mark Goddard was, was, was trying to be very, very firm, but trying to still give Hinata Moicano some sort of a chance. I thought he did a tremendous job, but at that point it was kind of on his corner on his team to be like, Hinata, like you're a tough dude. I respect you, but live to fight another day, bro. What did you think? Did, like, were you hoping to see the towel thrown? Do you understand why people are suggesting that? Why the broadcast is making such a big deal out of that? Or is maybe is it a little bit overblown? Well, first of all, it's not overblown at all. And I, I want to start by first just giving major credit to Hatfield Sanders because I believe major credit is due to him because this is a man who handled a really tough week like an absolute professional, like the professional he's always been, if we're being honest. I mean, 16 months was was just way, way, way too long to just not have this guy in our life. Uh, I, it was good having RDA back. He looked remarkable. He looked so good the whole way through. Uh, I know he called for the Jorge Masvidal fight for the BMF belt, and that'll never, ever happen, uh, just because that's not the type of fight Jorge Masvidal is going to go into. But when you look at RDA's resume and the strength schedule this guy has since, like, 2013, 12 range, like, you're not going to find many veterans, many names that are more deserving of a payday like that because that dude has been fighting all comers the whole way through this entire way and this week was no different and again you have to give tons of credit to rda the way he handled all of this and for an absolutely dominant performance that being said of course that fight should have been stopped the 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 fact that it wasn't stopped i mean if this was boxing that fight would have been stopped by someone whether it was the referee a doctor whether it was mcconnell's corner anyone by the end of that third round like the, the like i know people want to award moral victories and say oh you know Hanato Moicano, he's so good he, he went out on a shield all that all that is fake man like that's not real that's not be going out on your shield and all these like moral victories that people are awarding him right now oh i have so much respect for Hanato Moicano, which certainly i do that doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things he didn't get paid anymore to go out on his shield he didn't you know nothing positive happened for him by doing that he's not going to get paid anymore in his next fight because he went on a shield all he did was suffer the kind of beating that can take years off of a career for no reason there was no reason this fight should have been five rounds to begin with and he lost all the momentum and any sense of momentum he might have had like it was it was a rough rough spot for him to be in and i know he's tough and he wants to gut it out and i heard casey earlier talking about the dichotomy that comes with this sport of just it is half his paycheck and you don't want to take that away from a guy if you're the coach or you're the cornerman or whoever you just can't you can't take away that opportunity to get the other half of your paycheck but at a certain point you just got to call it quits and save and fight and live to fight for the next day because Hanato Moicano you look at his face at the end of that fight it was not worth it and it's not going to be worth it a year from now it's not going to be worth it two years from now it's not it's definitely not going to be worth it 10 years from now to take the kind of beating that he did tonight way past the point where there was any actual merit to it because i know we we can't do one of these things where like hey a guy kind of mounted a late charge in round five and that's that's why the fight had to continue like that didn't matter in the grand scheme of things rda won and it definitely looked like rda took his foot off the gas because he was kind of just trying to let anato live to to see the end of the fight at that point like the whole thing kind of left a bad taste in my mouth and again major credit to both these men because they are incredible the 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 bravery and courage in that cage tonight just was was out of control but 
I didn't like seeing it, if I'm being honest, man. I don't like to come onto these shows and be negative in any capacity usually, but like that was a really tough thing to watch. Uh, and yeah, absolutely, that should have been stopped, whether it was Marcano's Corner or the Doctor or whoever. Like somebody needs to look out for this guy because he cannot be, you can't ask the fighter to look out for themselves because again, they're getting half their paycheck just taken away if, if they if they lose. Yeah, and, Sh- and Shaheen, I-, I was saying to you, I- I'd criticize Goddard a little bit. If-, if you're getting to the point where you have to say, dude, where you have to sit, you're telling the corner, hey, if you guys don't stop it, I will, probably just stop it. That- that's probably, if you're having to make that ultimatum, it probably has reached the point where you should stop the fight because uh, clearly the corner is not going to do it. If anything, they're, they're probably not going to respond well to the ultimatum. Now you've really put it on them. And, and the last thing they want to do is you put it under the microscope and, and uh, I don't know, but, uh, you know, disappoint their fighter or disappoint the crowd. I don't know. The, I think the crowd might have been influencing them because they kept like they were booing the doctor when the doctor came in to check. And it was just it was just a, a lot of emotion, you know, and, and I, I wish it, the, cro- the corner could have just been a little more clear minded and even got her just a little more clear about saying, I just I'm just just stop this. Where's this going? And as for the doctor, far be it for me to question his credentials. I'm, I'm sure he was doing his best, but I tweeted this earlier. If I was examining someone and they looked like Moicano did, I would not clear them to like go to their job at the post office, much less go back out for another five minutes of getting their ass beaten by a former UFC lightweight champion. So hindsight 2020, I suppose, but I know a lot of us in the moment were just were howling to stop, like they should stop the fight, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was weird, and and to kind of be fair to Mark Goddard, just I, from what I think he actually said was, if his corner doesn't stop the fight, I'm gonna take a look at Hinata when he stands back up, like and see how he reacts because at the end of that fourth round, he was he stumbled back into the fence and it was looking hairy, and I thought they were gonna stop it right then and there, but Goddard wanted to make sure that you know when he stood back up he still had his wits to him and then had the doctor check him and then goddard said all right i'm giving you 30 seconds you better show me something or i'm stopping the fight and of course waikana comes out and lands big shots and things actually got a little hairy in those final final 90 seconds but yes i'm i'm, I'm kind of with you i am told just was texting back with with hanato moikano's manager orin hodak out of the hospital back of the hotel good to go um all good so nothing ready to, fight, ready to fight next week ready to fight next week yes so we'll see him in a yeah, we'll see we'll see him in a five round random co main event right. at some random catch weight and uh, we'll have hopefully not be having the same conversation. So Too tough. good win for Too RDA. Tough. Good. I I thought RDA had a, had a tremendous week. Honestly, I'm with you, Sean. Tremendous week. Handled everything well. He's got that sort of chip on his shoulder that he called Islam Makachev's bluff. So I'm glad he didn't go out there and call out Islam. I know some people suggested that. I love the fact that he just kind of no sold the whole thing and went to the BMF idea. He went to Connor at the press conference and great. You just know completely no sold Islam, which is exactly what you should have done. So well done and uh, good stuff right there from Hinata Moicano and Rafael Dos Anjos. So Bryce Mitchell, Sean Alshadi, this guy is an absolute terror. What a performance against Edson Barboza. Now, if you listen to the preview show, I'm not going to pat myself on the back, but I pretty much predicted this exact result that Bryce is just going to, it's just going to be a rough night for Edson Barboza. Now, I didn't think Bryce Mitchell was going to go out there and start dropping dudes with strikes, but that is what happened in the first round. And then Bryce just took over and just put a beating on Edson Barboza. 30-26 on my card at worst. I also honestly thought the worst scorecard of the entire night was Saudi Amato's 30-27 to in this card because this is not a 30-27, and that's not giving Bryce Mitchell the respect he deserves for the dominant performance that he had tonight. So, Sean, thug nasty 
is this guy a legit contender to you? Are you sold for sure after this performance against Edson Barboza tonight? I'm so glad that you just hit on that scorecard. Uh, Cause I'm going to ignore your question for a second, because the fact that it's 2022 and we still have guys out here who have been doing this basically every weekend for <laughs> like the last like decade, like Sal Mato has been doing this. Like this is all Sal does seemingly he's there at every fight. I don't know what it takes to get a 10, eight, but like apparently for some of these guys, you still need to see a near death to get a 10, eight scorecard. Like it's absolutely ridiculous. It judging remains one of the most frustrating things in this sport. And in the, uh, it's just how Sal, Sal, you have been doing this for so long, man. How is that not? How is there no 10 eights there? It's utterly ridiculous. Uh, but anyway, yes, Bryce Mitchell, man, we we miss this guy a lot. Like just how I said, you know, 16 months is too long to wait to see RDA. Like Bryce Mitchell just sauntered in here after like a 17 month layoff and slapped down like a 3025 on Edson Barboza. Like, however you want to frame that. That is incredibly impressive. This dude was a one of the, basically the forgotten man at 145. There are two forgotten men at 145, him and Arnold Allen. And he, in particular, has been forgotten just because we haven't seen him in the pandemic era. He's been completely gone this whole time while we've been doing shows every month. So just to see him back and have that that cook him to the bone type of grappling, grappling that this man brings – it was impressive, man. Very few people do that to Edson Barboza. The people that do do that to Edson usually end up pretty damn good and in pretty good spots in their career. So I'm really excited for this one. I mean, Bryce Mitchell, he's a fun personality. He's got a lot to say, uh, and he's 6-0 and now in the UFC. He's totally undefeated in the UFC, and when you beat Ed, someone like Edson like that, I think it's high time to start matching you up against the elite of the division because I think very highly of Edson Barboza. And at this point, I really want to see just how real of a talent we have with Bryce Mitchell here because to me, you look at 145, a lot of good options. I would see you could kind of go two routes, right? You can go middle ground and give him somewhere like a Calvin Cater, see if the UFC feels like he needs one more to really get thrown into that upper echelon. But if it's me... And I saw some people talking about this on Twitter. Like, I just throw him right in the deep end at this point. I, I give him like some like a Brian Ortega, see what our old friend Brian is doing up the, these days, and just see if he's ready. See if Bryce is ready for that type of thing. Because can you imagine the scrambles and the mat, mat exchanges that you would see in that one? I feel like it's sink or swim time for Bryce Mitchell, and that's very exciting to me. Tonight's performance kind of blew me in a way, away in a way that like I, I expected Bryce to win, but I didn't think it was going to be this dominant. That was just pillar to post. I would have given him a performance bonus tonight, AK, if we're being honest. I, I really would have. I mean, it's rare that a guy who gets a decision win gets a performance bonus, but to do it in that type of situation, as dominant as he did against a guy like Edson Barboza, I would have had no issue with him getting a performance bonus. In fact, I predicted him getting one, and he didn't. So your thoughts on his performance, because it was just – it was phenomenal. It really was phenomenal and i it's one of those performances where you actually feel bad for a guy like edson because that was must have been just an absolute miserable 15 minutes in there with him not just miserable but a reality check you know there, there, there are these fights that they make where they put you against a younger opponent and it kind of it's kind of just a litmus test for them and once one of those guys like gets past you and so clearly you, you really have to question, again, how much do you have left? Now, stylistically, of course, this is a very difficult matchup for Edson Barbosa. I'm sure if you match him up with strike, you know, that you can match him up with strikers. There's a lot of great fights and, and some wins still to be had. So it's not like I'm not I'm not reading Edson Barbosa's last rights, but pay-per-view main card. Again, uh, he's uh, Barbosa still a top 10 ranked guy or at least a top top 15. I know he's thir- he was 13th in our rankings. Um, well, he lost that spot now. You know, uh, I'll tell you, Bryce Mitchell really 
He really jumps up. I I I say uh, Barbosa. This was one of my two fights that I picked wrong. I I thought I had picked Barbosa to win, but in my mind, if if uh, Mitchell was going to win, I thought it was going to be a blowout. So it was for me. It was either going to be a a, a Barbosa finish, or if it's the other way and goes to a decision, it would have been the way that it played out. You know that that the grappling is just too much, and this is how some other a lot of people thought it would be, uh, and they were spot on. You know, a lot of people who who picked this fight were spot on. The way what a humble Mitchell, brag! What a humble brag by AJ. Way, I'm sorry to cut in, but what a humble brag! This is well, one of the two fights well, of the whole card no, I picked wrong. Just slipping oh, that in let me, there. Let me, like, let me, let me put it more accurately. I, I, picked I 11, see you. I see what you're I doing. A, I picked 11 out of 13. Well, if no one else is going to give me credit, then I suppose I should. I picked 11 out of 13 fights correct. Dominated the MMA fighting picks. Uh, should be said. Dominated. Dominated. Thank you. Please, thank you. Dominated. Say dominated. dominated. Mike, dominated. Mike, a distant second, a distant second, just barely hanging in there, a distant second. I got, he got 10, 10, yeah, I mean, 10, really, anybody can. And I got 10, a robbed. And I got, I kind of got robbed of a decision, too. Oh, well, let's honest. not blame the judges now. Let's fix or picks, all right? Fix or picks. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, Bryce Miller's grappling is just another, on another level. Like I said, he's not a single takedown guy. He's not a, and, and, and he, and he kind of hurt uh, Edson on the feet, too, first. It was almost looked like we were going to get a club and sub, uh, which is another possibility that some people have thrown out there. So, Really, just a sterling performance by the guy. Uh, he he cut a very good promo after. You're going to get a lot of points with people uh, when you when you announce that you're giving up half your salary, which I think he said would have been forty five thousand um, uh, dollars. Uh, Dana White la- said later in the evening that he was he told <laughs> Bryce not to do that. He's going to handle the the payment of the charity for him. Uh, but Bryce insisted that uh, he's still going to give some of this charity. So overall, just really one one of the best. He came. He's come back from pretty long layoff. And could not have come back in a better way, beating a veteran, beating a ranked guy, clearly placing himself not, I think, not quite in the top 10, but right near it. And as Shaheen says, poised to get himself a big name for his next fight and a big current name, not not necessarily a veteran that's on their way down uh, where, where Barbosa kind of is. Like I said, he's kind of out of the rankings now. Maybe a top ten guy in one of the toughest divisions in the UFC. So uh, I do have a poll, guys. You may have, I, I'm, I like polls. You guys might have been right. I do enjoy polls. I'm a fan. I've been... I've been known to take a, a, a late night poll every now and then. Um, and so I, I asked, who was, who was the biggest star who star of UFC 272? Uh, Colby Covington is number one right now at 56%. But Bryce Mitchell right there, 30%. So he's right behind. Um, very, very close. Uh, Colby Covington I mean, would be the obvious answer is a main eventer. So for Mitchell to even register in that question, I think that's a big deal. Also, yeah. let me just Bryce, add, ver- let me add very quickly. Uh, Bryce Mitchell, credit to him for circumventing the the Nevada Athletic Commission and all the you know the nefarious things going on there with <laughs> hiding the salaries from us. Just coming out and telling us like, hey, I'm getting forty five and forty five. That's yeah. like the first. That's the first salary we've gotten from Nevada in like a year plus. Uh, so hey, Bryce Mitchell, more of that. Like, let's keep that coming. Let's keep some transparency in this game so everybody wins. Wait, Shaheen, you're not enjoying fighters saying like, oh, I'm now in the top five. I'm now in the top three. Well, highest paid UFC fighters and not providing any any, any number or estimate. You're not you're not enjoying that. You're not loving that. You mean you mean them saying it while their manager is actively saying like, hey, it'd be really helpful for everybody <laughs> in the sport if you guys would actually say the number. No, yeah, I'm not enjoying that. <laughs> yeah, I have a feeling Bryce is not going to be making 45 and 45 his next fight. I know he just signed a new deal, but I have a feeling he's going right back to the negotiation table and 
getting some more money for his next fight. I think that's an absolute no-brainer. Nobody's stock on this entire card rose more than Bryce Mitchell. And if you watch the post-fight press conference, especially on the East Coast, you got a little Sunday sermon from Reverend Bryce, and I thought that was uh, that was some good stuff. So great win for him. Kevin Holland, impressive <laughs> stuff. That was a fun fight. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Stephen so, K is just out here cracking me up life. at 2 a.m. I can't, I can't hold this in anymore. <laughs> that, was an, <laughs> that was an excellent call. Yes, Kevin Hall, great win. Sergey Spivak. I don't know if Greg Hardy is is long for for UFC octagons any longer after that performance. That was the last fight on his deal, and I have a, I think this is finally the chance the UFC has for a clean break, and. We'll see what happens. I'd be shocked if we see him fight in the UFC again, but it is the UFC and Stranger Things I mean, have happened. I mean, real quick, let me throw it out there. Over under one and a half months before Greg Hardy says that Sergey Spivak is scared of him and fought scared and, and wouldn't accept a rematch. How what are we thinking? Over under? Under. Oh, God, dude. By Tuesday, that already have an Instagram <laughs> post about it. Yeah, let me check IG real quick. Hold on. <laughs> And then by the Wednesday, stoppage. he's going to call out Deontay Wilder again. So, I mean, it's just he, silliness. He, just absolute Hardy silliness. was contesting the stoppage. And uh, frankly, I was too, if we're being honest. I actually did too. I also uh, – <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's mean. That's oh, mean. Okay. That's mean. The That's mean. so-called Prince of Positivity. I don't want to become... see anyone harmed beyond what is necessary in the octagon. Come on. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And then uh, I want to give give a shout out to Marina Morose as well because she got herself a performance bonus. A plus night for her all around. I mean, that was that was an impressive display of of grappling, of control, and then finally getting the stoppage win over Maria Agapova. It looks like the hatchet is sort of buried, but obviously more important things going on than a, than a rivalry between former teammates and allegations and stuff like that. More important things going on in the world with Ukraine and Russia and Marina Morose wore the flag proudly, got a big win, gave that country a little bit of a boost and just a really tough time. Sean, your reaction to Marina's performance, the, the, the post-fight interview, the, the scrum, everything she did tonight, because it's not all good in Ukraine right now, but they got a, a, a little bit of hope, a little bit of positivity, and a little bit of a boost from Marina Morose tonight. Did, did they not? No, I mean, I, absolutely. I mean, I know we we joke around on these shows and we, you know, we like to keep it light, but 
that was incredible. Like that was genuinely incredible what she was able to pull off tonight, this week. Like we on these type of nights where it's the pay-per-views, like I know we we heap superlatives on on fighters and athletes like just candy, right? Like we just pat wax and poetic about like bravery and courage and all these, you know, buzzwords that cliches that maybe mean something, but they don't actually mean anything. But like the, the what Marina Moroz just came in and did this week with everything that was on her mind, like that is a level of strength that just like I can't even actually possibly begin to fathom or comprehend. Because like w- what's on her mind right now, and she was talking about it afterwards with reporters about how you know she's basically stuck half a world away watching the ruination, the destruction of her homeland, wondering you know is my family okay? Is my mom going to be okay? She's talking about how her, many of her friends have died over the, this whole you know conflict, holding back tears through all of this, and and to be able to come out there and really put together a performance that's probably like one of her best all around performances in the UFC coming in off a two-year layoff at that like everything that combined and coalesced to, to make this week for her like that is next level toughness next level strength next level courage bravery like whatever you want to throw in there like that is it man that like that was the single most impressive thing that we saw tonight if, if we're just being honest and putting everything out there like that that was uh, that was the smartest thing that henry cejudo's ever said when i think he tweeted something like there won't be a more impressive performance at ufc 272 like that was it man like here's open marina moroz's family it makes it out okay like everything ends up fine for all of her loved ones but my god man like that was utterly incredible and sometimes like fights are just bigger than fights makes sense like some fights could feel like they're a random fist fight and some of them feel like much bigger than that and that actually tonight actually felt like this was a much bigger one and i i appreciated joe rogan just giving her the mic afterwards and letting her say whatever she was going to say because that really was her moment and um i i thought she did amazing considering the circumstances man AK, this is a woman who's been through a lot and not just what's going on right now and and things that she basically has to get second and third hand from all these miles away because the reason she hasn't fought in two years is not because of injuries and not because of things like that. It's because she was there and she couldn't get the paperwork to get over to the U S because of COVID and travel restrictions and visa stuff. Like it took her a long time to even be able to get back to the United States. And she finally gets back to the United States. She's getting ready to finally get back in the octagon and then fight week. This is what's happening. This is what's on her mind. This is the stuff she's dealing with, which, by the way, she's fighting a very dangerous and destructive striker in Maria Agapova, someone who she's quite familiar with because they've trained together for a long time at ATT. So there's so much emotion built that all the things that were said between these two women going into this fight and now deal with all this, the last two years, all of that. How impressive was was Marina Morose tonight, all things considered, because this is just unbelievable stuff. Yeah, I, I, what an incredible story. I, I think people also kind of just forgotten how good Marina Moroz was. So I, I, I like that she got out to such a quick start in the fight. And I was like, man, this is this is making a statement. So anyway, and it's good for her, too. You know, it, I, I, I bet once she got in there, I want to believe that she was able to, you know, a lot of athletes say this, that they, 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 they they're happy to compete. It lets them, you know, put aside their their problems and their concerns, and everything that's on their mind. I think that's probably impossible from from Marina Moroz. But I do think that in this fight as well it lasted a little under nine minutes so like a, a little bit uh over the halfway mark of round two she was kind of able, able to escape let out whatever aggression whatever you know frustration she's feeling inside not like in a not in a way like oh I, i'm i'm gonna hurt maria agapova because of, of everything that's happening back home 
but just just a general release of tension. Um, so it was great to see, and for her to be, I mean, relatively composed after, and to be able to say that speech. I mean, I I, I don't know how she. I don't know how she was able to do it. Like there just must've been a million things racing through her mind. I don't think she planned what she was going to say after. Um, it was just, it was just from the heart. And as you mentioned, I know Casey mentioned it on the, during the post fight press conference, Rogan really did do a great job of just letting her have the mic. I'm glad the UFC didn't try to cut her off. Uh, they didn't worry about, you know, cause I'm sure they have business interests uh, with, with Russia. Uh, I'm sure there's many thoughts, you know, on their side, like, man, do we, do we just let her go off? And they did. And she handled it well. You know, I don't think she said anything that should be taken as offensive to anyone. She just want, she just doesn't want there to be war in her home, her homeland. I don't that's not unreasonable. Right. So. But, yeah, I got really credit because it looked like she was confused for a moment. I think she was like trying to gonna give the mic back to him. And he was kind of like, just do it. Just <laughs> just say what you got to say. Um, and it made for a really nice, genuine moment. And uh, whatever's next for her again. She might want to take a break. She might want to get back in there as soon as possible. But uh, this is a moment that she can be really, really proud of, uh, regardless of what happens with the rest of her career. She, she should look back on this and as, as something that was was really special. Yeah, I spoke with her for about 35 minutes before this fight. And I mean, a lot of passion coming from her. She's she's super serious about this. She's so excited to get back in there and and have that moment. And, you know, when I asked her, when I asked her about the whole situation, it was like really fresh. Like we haven't gotten nowhere near to the point we're at right now. So it was like, okay, we're at this early stage where they're kind of Russia's Russia's kind of entering the country, but they're not really doing anything. There's nothing destructive going on. And then as she arrives to Vegas, that's when everything really changes. And man, kudos to her. Congratulations on the win, the bonus and, and good on her. Well done. Uh, Jalen Turner, well done. Great performance from, from him. Marina Rodriguez, have to imagine, barring something crazy, her next fight will be for the belt. I don't think this is enough to skip Carla. It better not, but she should be waiting in the wings for the winner of that fight. Nick Negumariano, eh, he won, but did he win? I don't know. He gets the win and gets second half of his paycheck, so good on him. Umar Namagamadov is the real deal. Dude is super legit. Ooh, Tim Elliott, wow. gritty fight. Go watch his post-fight scrum. Honest Tim, I'm calling him from now on. You'll see why when you watch the post-fight interview. Uh, the scrum on our YouTube page. Ludovic Klein, fun fight with Devontae Smith. Split decision. I don't know what fight this judge is watching. Probably still Sal Amato. I don't know how you score that fight for Devontae Smith, but it is what it is. And then Dustin Jacoby, Gritty win over Mikhail Oleksiychuk, and apparently he's had a whole litany of injuries heading into that fight too. So, gritty card, some grueling fights, some grueling performances. Now we turn it over to the peeps for a few questions before we get out of here. Yeah. Memorable card. You you mentioned Umar, man. It's like it's like yeah, I told for Umar should be like one of the most talked about fighters in this card. The way he just like ran through Brian Kelleher, but like so much other stuff happened. Yeah, Umar can you imagine? Can you imagine being a, a UFC contender at this point and like? Khabib comes and goes and like he's hyper dominant and it's just like oh man I'm glad I didn't have to like get stuck fighting Habib like I missed that window and then all of a sudden you like think the Habib era is over and now like there's like seven Nurmagomedovs just invading the sport Mak- Makachev Hamzat dude like I might have two Nurmagomedovs ranked in, in the bantamweight top 15 pretty soon like I already have Saeed Nurmagomedov my number 15 like mm. the the Nurmagomedov versus Nurmagomedov title fight that's inevitably going to happen <laughs> in some division is a going to be awesome 
I can't wait for that. But also B, like I feel such pity and remorse for the poor graphic designer who has to figure out the kerning on that and like figure out how to actually figure to put the words in a way that will make sense on that poster because uh, all, that's happening. Like it's going to happen at some point. It's whether it's next year, the year after it, at some point we're getting Nermika Madoff versus Nermika Madoff in a title fight and I can't wait for it. And guess what? There's no escape. You can't go to Bellator to escape it. Because maybe the best amalgamate of them yeah. all is over there. With he Usman, was in the corner so. tonight. I saw him in the. He was he was cornering them too. Oh, you know. oh man, right. <laughs> those guys and their crazy beards. All right, let's get into this Oops. thing. Here we go. I mean, do, do we have to start no. with Jed? All right. I know. <laughs> Uh, can you imagine how different RDA's career would have been if he hadn't gotten injured ahead of the plan McGregor vote? I mean, that's just one yeah. of those questions. I, I don't know if we're ready to dive yeah. deep into, into I that. think about this six times a day. There's not a <laughs> honestly, it's like I just if I'm just not doing anything, like you know, you're having a moment of quiet like reflection, and there's a lot of things pass through your mind. And then at some point it's like, God, what if RDA hadn't hurt his foot before the McGregor fight? Like there's can so I, much changes. Can I say a hot take on this? I feel like this yeah. is a moderate hot take. Oh my gosh. Be nice. Outside of outside of RDA being like richer, I don't really know that much changes. Like if you if you go back and put yourself in that spot back in the day, like I would pick RDA to beat Connor on most nights. Mm -hmm. But like back then at that point where Connor was, like just coming off of Jose, like there was real aura around that sure. guy. And the way that event was being built up, like it was a gigantic event, the likes of which RDA had never even come close to being involved with. Like I really feel like like Eddie Eddie Alvarez was is a legitimate legend, first ballot Hall of Famer, and the moment was too big for him. Like if the moment's too big for Eddie, moment's probably going to be too big for RDA too. And I don't know that that fight goes any differently if it's but who Eddie wasn't, or, or who RDA wasn't too big for was for Nate Diaz. I think exactly. more than Connor, it was Nate Diaz's life that changed. Yes, it's, it's the yeah. dominoes, right? It's the yeah. dominoes. Does Nate Diaz become suddenly this mainstream star? Because he Connor still becomes not, a star somehow. Already star, but becomes, you know, a superstar somehow. It was Nate Diaz that, that I think that really the path changed. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. The Nate Diaz thing. And then if RDA beats him, I do think it, it, it does change Connor's trajectory a little bit. He's already a massive star. He's still going to become big, but man, I don't know that it's still, it would have affected him. Mean, RDA and RDA, I think it changes his trajectory as well. Obviously if he beats McGregor, I mean, it just, it just puts it takes him not again it doesn't make him as big as diaz because he's just not that personality he's not gonna do that but it does put him on a, on a little bit extra that extra level of fame so man i think about oh. it all the time it is funny i think it just leads to that division doesn't get stuck for two two years too. basically and then habib is just champion much much quicker and we may oh, never like change more we get like a few, yeah. few yeah. more habib fights because Habib <laughs> already had destroyed rda like he would have just yeah, come just in more again won the title and then like we would have just had a few more like chances to see him dominate yeah. the top guys probably would have been more fun i maybe why can't that timeline yeah. have happened <laughs> all right um yeah. al content wait he was somebody he was somebody else wasn't he he used to be yeah, al mad yeah, yeah, al mad yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> um what kind of didn't get paid enough for the amount of brain damage he took tonight I mean, we don't really know that, but yeah, probably. we're hoping. No, I, I, I think we. I think no, we I know that he paid enough. Yeah. No, he hold. Didn't. Let's let's hope he got one short note. He should get a short notice bonus. He should get a bonus for having to fight two more rounds than necessary. Like I, I don't even mean after it happened. I mean like if you're every fighter who gets uh, signs up for a non-title five-round fight should get paid more. I mean I know we know that's not happening, 
that is what should be happening. And three, yes, after the fight, there's better be some backstage discretionary bonus uh, headed his way. So there's like three separate kind of bone, and he probably should have won fight of the night too. Yeah. So there's like literally four like bonuses that should be sent his way. Uh, UFC, take care of this man, please, because uh, all, so much of that was unnecessary. AK, can yeah. I let you in on a secret? Do it. None of that's happening. Uh, we don't know that. I'm just telling you, like, it's probably not going to happen. He definitely is underpaid. I know. He definitely didn't get paid enough, enough for what I, I got kind of depressed when I when I realized that Greg Hardy, outside maybe the main event guys, made the most on the card. And and Greg Hardy is not underpaid, by the way. Yeah. Greg Hardy is not underpaid. He's actually paid, He's actually one of the few fighters probably that's paid properly. Yeah. It's just, I, yeah. That's just I would, I I would, we, I we would never bet that, that maybe... I would bet maybe RDA came close to making what Greg's made. Oh, just well, he's been win, in this for so long, former champion. Win, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But other than uh, that, we, you're probably right. Yeah. We never mentioned Greg Hardy's pay as one of the reasons why I think he, he keeps getting put on main cards. Because, again, there's people that the matchmakers answer to, and and I'm sure there's accountants that go like, <laughs> they're kind of like, hey, we're paying this guy whatever six figure, pretty decent six figures. Uh, no, you're not. You can't throw him on the prelims. Like this, this is an investment that we have made. So we never bring that up as a reason for why he's always on the main cards. Yes, cards. we did. We all did. His pay. His, his pay. His pay. Yeah. Jed brought it up. Jed brought it up. Wax poetically for like ten minutes about it. Well, That's a big hold on. I don't think it's the pay. You said Jed brought it up. That's a big buzzing already. That, that explains why I didn't. Andre there's Arlowski, a lot of reasons. Andre Arlovski makes a, a nice reasons. chunk of change too, and he's a prelim fighter. I'm just. That's true. Yeah. That, the salary doesn't really go into I, the I don't mean, placement that often. But real quick, I think they put him on the main card because they feel like people want to see Greg Hardy. They've always felt like people want to see Greg Hardy. Like this is not way changed. to go over the last Way several years. They have consistently been on this thread. Sergey Spivak. Can we talk about? Can we talk about Sergey Spivak? I, instead? I was about to say that actually. the guy who won the fight, Sergey Spivak. Sergey Spivak, well done, great performance, did exactly what you needed to do. Didn't try to get cute with it because because I, I mean certainly if you tried to stand and bang, God knows what could have happened. Took him right down and really ragdolled him. I mean, really had fun just kind of dragging him around, throwing him around. It was kind of hilarious to watch if we're being honest. So, uh, Sergey, hey, he's got some nice wins. Greg Hardy, he beat Taito Ivasa. Let's not forget. I know it was a while ago now. Probably a different, very different Taito Ivasa. He beat him, though. But he, he, he beat him pretty clean, uh, submitted him. So, Sergey is right on that cusp. I don't think he's quite in the top 15, but I mean, uh, He's a talented guy. I mean, he could, he could get up, as Jed always says, this is heavyweight. Uh, a couple of wins, uh, Sergey Spivak could be top 10 by the end of the year. So congrats to him, man. Like, hats off to Sergey Spivak. Actually, that, is why, that is why that fight was first on the main card, because it wasn't getting out of the first round and someone was getting finished brutally. Either Hardy was going to do the, the punching or, like, we, like I said all week, Spivak gets one takedown, yeah. the fight is over. That still, I mean, it into, I, I still have, I still that have still didn't justify. I still have a weird issue with this. It looked like shit. <laughs> yeah, right, we gotta move on. Like, we gotta move on because we can't talk. <laughs> no, no, we can't we're, we're not really talking about Greg Hardy, but, but why did the two most I the two most dominant wins on the card didn't get performance bonuses? I kind of understand why Umar didn't get it because he was such a favorite, but why didn't Spivak get it? Oh, because his opponent was garbage. I mean, I wouldn't. But, but if you, but you always see believes you always in him. I don't understand. Yeah. The UFC believes him, yet he's garbage. I just I'm think okay it's a weird that. thing. You always say opponent quality matters. He fought maybe the one of the worst fighters in the UFC. So because Holland, I'm, I'm okay with him not getting a bonus for him. Kevin Holland's Kevin Holland's performance will be remembered more, not for the finish itself, but for the thumbs up at the end. Oh, that, that was meme great. will live on forever, ever and ever. We will be seeing that meme for the rest of mm-hmm. our for the rest of our lives on social media. Yep. And then Marina Morose, if you didn't give 
if you if she no, did not get a bonus, like, we'd be having a much different conversation on this yeah. on this post fight <laughs> show. So I think for the most part, I, I didn't have an issue with the bonuses. If you wanted to give yeah. Bryce Mitchell the bonus over Kevin Holland, I wouldn't have had a problem with that. But Marina Morose damn sure was getting it's, one. But I just find it so odd. As a fighter, he did exactly went in the fight, took zero damage, won the fight, didn't even break a sweat, and yet I don't walk out for an extra penny. I don't understand the I mean, sport. The move was to not do a fight of the night and just do four performance bonuses. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of, oh yeah, just, just a lot of love for Moicano. Sure. That's, yeah, that's, it's, it's good. Yeah, that's great. But you sure it's not going to help him? That's not going to yeah. help him. Yeah, and, and let's not encourage this, guys. Please, let's not encourage this damn going out on your shield behavior. I know it's great in the moment. Check in with Moicano again in 30 years when he can't remember his fourth grade math lessons, all right? Or can't remember, like, one of his kids' names, all right? Then we'll – trust me, it's not as glorious down the road. Yeah, not as glorious. So I know hey, it will be the Prince of Positivity. That's a horrible Watch thing Watch our but. story on um, – I forgot his name. I got that Morocco Spencer did. Fisher. Spencer Fisher. Watch that. Yeah. Yeah. He no, won a lot what, of – he, he won a lot of bonuses, and, yeah, let me tell you, he regrets what he a lot needs of to do. What he needs to do is call Calvin Cater on the phone and – talk to Calvin and his team and be like, what did you do? How did you do it? We're going to do the exact same thing. That's how mm -hmm. you need to do it because Calvin took the time. He came back better than ever and put up, put the boots to uh Giga Chikadze. And that was maybe the best performance of his career. So sure. after taking maybe the most vicious beating we've ever seen in the UFC from Max Holloway. So yeah, not good. But I mean, if we see Moicano fighting in June or July, like which I don't think will happen, but then we'll have some some other questions. Yeah, because Moicano has, has all the talent to be Real a top quick. ten guy. Absolutely has Surely. the talent to be a top. Last ten thing on Moicano though, was it a mistake? Not for the fight to go so long, but was it a mistake to take this fight? No. If he's gonna be out for that long, no. and we're talking about like he ain't gonna forget, he ain't gonna remember his fourth grade math lesson or whatever. It was still for the him, right thing no. to do. Okay, yeah, he couldn't have he couldn't have anticipated he would take a beating like this. No, no one goes into a fight thinking like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna get just completely like bludgeoned for. There's no way he 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 wouldn't have thought it was gonna go like this. Fair I enough. mean, for him, it's an opportunity. He's coming in short notice. It's kind of a way to shortcut up the division. Like he wasn't gonna get a big fight like RDA anytime soon. So it's kind of that you take these shots when you can get them. So no, I mean, he I'm sure he would do it again if he had the chance. Sure. Blake A. Jalen Turner was the biggest star, no doubt. To finish someone like Malarkey like that is incredible. Yeah, man. Yes. Sean, he is fun to watch. Jalen Turner is he, super fun to watch. He looks like a middleweight in at the dude. lightweight division. He's just a giant, and he's just smooth. The confidence is there. He's got a little swagger to him, which if you go back and watch like some of his regional fights and then contender series, and then right when he breaks in the UFC, you could see the talent was there. You could see the ceiling was really high. And obviously he's tall enough to maybe reach that ceiling, but now you see the the ceiling getting a little bit higher, and he's starting to feel it, starting to get that swag to him. And you saw it in that Malarkey fight tonight. How good is this guy? Like, is this? Dude. Are we looking at a player here? Fifty five. I love it. I absolutely love it. I am on the Jalen Turner bandwagon. A little quick story about Jalen Turner. So my first time ever like experiencing him, meeting him, whatever, um, was UFC two twenty nine, which was the Conor Habib card. And so I was at media day for UFC 229, which used to be the old media day setup where it was just a big room. You had everybody on the card there and you kind of, it was, you had an hour to basically just figure out what you were going to do and talk to whoever you wanted. And all the main players in the room had really long lines and we had people working the, the lines for them. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go walk around, talk to some other people, just, you know, see if I can find a cool story. And I come up to Jalen Turner, who's making his UFC debut against Vicente Luque. 
of all people like jesus christ in retrospect how rough of a ufc <laughs> debut is that and I'm, i don't know anything about him so i just start talking to him i'm like oh man you know jalen turner like why do they call you uh the tarantula or whatever it is it's the tarantula right yeah why do they call mm-hmm. you the tarantula and he tells me this story about how he had 200 tarantulas at that point but he tells the story about how at one day like his he, he lived at his mom's place at that point and one of the tarantulas had babies and while they were out the babies escaped from the actual tarantula cage or whatever you have for them and so just all of a sudden there's like hundreds of tarantula babies just running rampant among this poor woman's house and she somehow did not kick him her son out of the house at that point like that is my living nightmare the idea of that but i left that conversation just being like dude like this guy is a interesting and b massive for this weight class like he was fighting welterweight then and he was even big for welterweight and the fact that he's able to make lightweight consistently he is so long he's so rangely rangy and he's dangerous dude like these last four fights he's looking like a problem at 155 and i don't know how long he's gonna be able to make this weight because he's obviously still real young he's 26 but like however long he's able to make this weight like i am incredibly interested to see where he's at where he's at in like a year or two because he could be a real contender in this division it looks like and he's just dangerous like he's just gonna spark dudes out submit them however it takes he's gonna get people out of there and i i love it i, I love his gimmick he, he kind of looks like a spider in a weird way because of how range he is and the hair and just everything like i am so in on it i absolutely love where this is going yeah, when he was when he was just coming up, like a, a lot of the top fighters were talking about, and this is when I was like just breaking into the business. I was interviewing fighters like on the California regional scene. They all talked about Jalen Turner being such an integral part of their training camps, and you know it was just amazing. Like I know Michael Bisbing is talking about Jalen Turner helping him get ready for the Anderson, Anderson Silva fight. Yeah. Like he's just he's that guy, and now he's doing it himself. He's got the skills. Everything's catching up, and yeah, this this dude's legit. He need. The weight cut worries me a little bit. The discipline, which he kind of admits himself in his post-fight interview, like he, he's like, I like to eat food, I like to eat cookies and cake and stuff like that. Like, so the weight cut's tougher. Like, if he kind of gets that Kevin Holland to him, where he's just like, all right, I guess I got to be a professional athlete now. I think he's gonna be fine. But he's huge, man. He's a massive guy, and he has no. He doesn't really want to go to 170 just yet. So he's gonna have to keep keep dealing with these weight cuts and. He's going to have to figure out a way to make him as, as easy as possible because he's getting up there. He? How old is he? I mean, he's, 20, he's 26 right now. He's 6'3". Yeah. And so, it honestly, it might just be like a Connor situation where, like, Connor at 145, like, you knew his days were numbered at 145 when he was there. Like, the way he was making the weight, you knew this is – there was an end point to this, and you just need to, like, be able to get as far as you can get before you reach that end point. That kind of might just be where we're at with Jalen where, like, he has i'm just throwing it out but like he has four more fights before this suddenly can't work anymore or something like that so for him it's probably important to be able to make this as far as he can before he reaches that point because it does feel like his inevitable destiny is going to be at 170 but dude he's such a big lightweight like he's james vick size but it seems like he makes it pretty comfortably right now so i don't know i, I love it Again, i always wonder he's a dangerous how, man how guys like him he fought he went two and oh in bellator two wins two finishes and yet bellator didn't but we sign him. Eh, whatever. <laughs> just I'm always kind of. All right. Kevin Holland, too. Right. Kevin Holland yeah. had some Bellator yeah. fights. Yeah. I think sometimes they just and lose track of guys. <laughs> those guys. You know, those guys that they sign just to sort of fill in their, yeah. like, their under their. The, 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 I think they just yeah. lose track of them. Yeah. I don't think they always, yeah. it, you know, they sign their what it's one fight deals, right? They usually sign a one fight yeah. deal at a time and you just forget guys fall through the cracks. All right. Uh, take a few more. 
Ash is saying, Bryce Mitchell, I'm sold, and I'm from Australia. What do you guys think, think is next for him? Ortega, Sean likes the Ortega idea. <laughs> Ashley, tune in six hours and 43 minutes from right now, and AK and I will give you that answer on this very page. Okay? Ashley might be Both back, Ashley might be back to promo. sleep by the time our show actually starts. Trying to think. It's like a 14-hour time difference, right? <laughs> Um, well, you know it'll be a video you can watch it later after. yeah exactly exactly it'll be a podcast right. video sandy fam I, I knew I, I was waiting for this question to come up uh yan janan marina rodriguez fight a great fight great it was fight. a really good fight maybe the fight of the night AK, yeah wouldn't have been shocked what'd you think of it ak did uh wow there's a little bit of arguing on, on social media. I, I thought Marina won. I have to say, mm-hmm. but I'm, uh, me and Jed were doing Twitter spaces, so I, I, I will admit I wasn't 100% watching it. But from what I saw, it seemed like Marina won the second, run the third, but lost the first. That's that's how I scored it. Uh, what say you? Is that how you scored it as well? Yeah, I had it for Marina. But the, but the second round was close, and I think the argument for Jan is that she looked like she was landing. She landed a few of the heavier shots. There was moments where she landed. like she, she And she was doing this throughout the fight, which is landing these really big bombs. Um, I do think uh, – but I, th- I think uh, Rodriguez was giving as good as she was getting. She certainly had the significant strike advantage in the second and third. Not that that's how you should count fights, by the way. But, I mean, if you want to talk about a close fight – that is one decider. Like, I don't think the strikes <laughs> it's split right down the middle. It's you can right see. Down the middle. I, I had it for Jan. I had it for Jan. Even sure. though I, 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 I take Marina coming into this, but, and I had it for Jan. But I think clearly looking at this, it, yeah. was, it was, yeah, it was close. Thank, thank goodness for Marina. I mean, what a banana peel that would have been to slip on to lose to a really tough fighter in Jan Shanan. A fight that some people, again, a lot of people just said Marina is you know, ready to 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 be the number one contender. I, I know she lost to Sparza, but that was a very controversial fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go, I, I know we don't have that many decisions for that. I believe it's mostly uh, Rodriguez scores for that fight. So, um, so this was a dangerous fight. Uh, Yan Shaunan before the getting trucked by Sparza was six and zero in the UFC. I mean, she's a really she's a really good fighter, and she showed it. She showed it tonight. Uh, one thing one thing I tweeted out was like, this to me. I know it's now two straight losses for her. But this, to me, if anything, reinforces that she could still be a player at 115 pounds. I, I don't see two straight losses for her. Asparza, terrible matchup for her. But she went toe-to-toe with Rodriguez again, the number one, number two contender, however you want to look at her. Uh, I saw a question earlier in the chat. Why was she so emotional? Uh, I think, again, just coming off a loss like that to Asparza, you know, we talk, we've been talking about a lot about fighter mindset today. Man, what does that kind of thing do for your confidence? I'm sure she was shook after getting, like, just just totally dominated by Asparza. So to come back and put on a very, very strong, gutsy three-round performance, whether she thought she won the fight or not, she just lets all that emotion out after. It didn't surprise me at all that she was crying. I was like, I was like, yeah, man, that must be something to go to just go to war like that and really prove again to yourself that yeah damn you are a contender you are a top 10 a legitimate top 10 strawweight in the entire world so um it was great to see but yeah i love the fight i i actually wish it had gotten the uh the fight of the night award and uh rodriguez has got to get a teleshot somewhere down the road and shaunan let's uh, uh yan i should say let's revisit that a year from now uh and hopefully we at the very least get uh yan 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 happening in a card someday yeah. shout out to jen Mishu. let's yeah. let's make that happen What'd you think of it, Sean? It was good. I mean, I mean, it's as good as it gets. I actually thought Yan Jana was a very live underdog. If you're looking at the car from a betting perspective, because I think she closed it around a plus two twenty five, mm-hmm. and in a matchup like that, Marine's not going to try to take her down. It's going to be they're just going to stand there and trade. And Yan Jana is a very good striker, and people forget that because of the loss to Carla. But this fight delivered in spades. I thought it was great. Two very fun fighters, two very technical strikers, just got after it. What did you think? 
No, yeah, I agree. I think it was one of the best fights on the entire card. And uh, I mean, it was good for Marina Rodriguez to be able to get that win because it did feel like she was kind of in this weird no man's land. And if she would have dropped the ball here right at the precipice of it, like AK said, that would be a really tough beat for her. Uh, I had it scored for her 229-28, uh, but I probably want to rewatch that one just in case because uh, it did seem like there was a split and it was it, there was a couple of close rounds there. But ultimately, I don't think it's the type of win that gets her to leapfrog over Carla, in particular because Carla has that win. Uh, but I mean, she has to be right there. Like, I, I hope that we can get this Rose Namajunas Carla fight on the books soon so we can get this division moving again so that Marina doesn't have to sit out like a year just waiting for this title shot because that's sort of the unspoken thing right now is like every, we're all proclaiming her as this next woman up after the next woman up. But like the, the first one isn't even booked yet. So hopefully that can get on the books soon so this division doesn't get really slowed down. Uh, I love Rose, but it seems like when she's champion, it, it, we don't get that many strawweight title fights. So hopefully... This reign is a little bit different than that, uh, but yeah, I thought it was a great fight, one of the great, one of the best fights on the card. And the fact that it was on the uh, undercard remains incredibly silly to me. It but should have been the first fight. Neither here review. It should have been the first fight. Pay review. I don't care about stupid heavyweights. That nobody cares. No one's talking about Sergey Spivak. No one's talking about it. Shout out, shout out, Sergey Spivak. With respect. Shout, shout out, out Sergey. <laughs> Not even the UFC cared. This fight should have been up there. All right. Right. Uh, but more people watched more people watch Marina Rodriguez win on ESPN than they yeah, would have on the pay per view. But it's status. It's, it's the argument. status. It's the status. It's the conversation. It's the conversation. We don't you're, we don't talk we you don't get talk about more it. involved in the conversation if you're on the yeah. pay per view. It's just yeah. Yeah. I mean we weren't even talking about Sergey Spivak. <laughs> so I mean if it did it it is what it is. It's yeah. speak for yourself. I got a lot to say. I'm just disappointed. I'm disappointed okay. in the UFC. Disappointed. I know. Um, You're not even mad. You're not even mad. You're just disappointed. <laughs> is Mazadal in the Legends Fighter League now, where he only fights in fun fights with veterans for the rest of his career? I don't Are know we, that those uh, two things – I don't equate those two things together because the Legends Fighter League is like the dudes who really should be retired, but they're just fighting each other, so like that's okay. Like I'm cool with that if the old guys want to fight the old guys. The Fun Fights League is a different league entirely, right? Like that's. What I, I, I get what he's saying. It, it's It's – who who are who are top contenders in the watch right like it's it's he's not fighting the Brady's he's gonna be fighting um yeah. the Robbie Lawler's the the uh Which is, Matt Brown, yeah. the, Matt Wonder, Brown? Bo- the Wonder Boys guys we don't think are the Matt Browns um which we, I think is the right place for him at this point like he's that star he's I that guy who can carry it yes then for the yeah. question he's the a, he's the a side of any like matchup like that for the most part unless it's like one of the few guys who's not at maybe like a connor or a diaz or whoever but like yeah like jorge could still have a very good career for the next couple of years just doing these fun fights and again being the a side uh to to somebody else that feels like a fun stylistic matchup like yeah there's plenty out there for him sure yeah. does mazadal continue to be a major drop tonight yes he does yeah will he be headlining he pay-per-views and non-title fights Mm, probably not. Probably not. Will he headline fight nights or be a co-main event on a big card? Absolutely. Yeah. Will we see him fight Jake Paul soon? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because no, as long as as long as Masvidal didn't get didn't, get, didn't get finished tonight, and like he was never in danger of even getting finished. He got dominated, but not finished. So I think he's fine. Uh. Take one more. Find the best one. One more. We'll find one more. 
I will say though, Colby was doing like a ton of damage to him. Man, Colby was uh, at some point on the, was lighting his ass up at some point on the field. I mean, the wrestling was was the was the basis of it. Was was there any but, point where you go, oh man, they gotta stop this fight soon? They, we're we're right, we're 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 no. But, that's no, what I mean. But when he had I mean, him against few, the fence and was landing just like was a, a ton joke? of an answer strikes. No, no, a few no, of the jokes. A few of the jokes. Yeah, a few of the jokes felt like they were getting close. Like a few of them almost felt like they slithered in, but yeah. Jorge, I thought, I thought he was going to uh, crank him on his jaw, but yeah, I think yeah he yeah. knows what he yeah. knows what he's doing. To uh, say oh. you can't like the the narrative from Mazdal about this fight. I mean, and I know he'll mention it like a little bit, just kind of being sarcastic. But you cannot say this is a crotch sniffing performance. Colby, not at all. Colby sunned him tonight. I mean, he sunned him. He sunned him. Just took him down. Did whatever he wanted and. I mean, this was not a competitive fight at all outside of the one shot that Mazda landed. I scored a 50, 43. I thought Colby got a 10, eight in the third and the fifth. Um, it didn't happen. We got one 50, 44, but I mean, this is one way traffic. This, th- there's yeah. no, there's no crotch sniffing. There's none of that. This was a, this is a one-sided beating. It, and it kind it. of, it had a, a Nate, uh, Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz Phil. Well, there was a one moment. Oh. I mean, obviously, the moment came just that the one very part. end of the fight. Just that one part. But the same moment, there was a moment me. happened, but he took yes. such a beating to get to that moment that he couldn't follow up that moment. Like, obviously, Mazadal uh, was so beat up from the... But Nate tried. Nate almost... Nate Nate followed up. It just, yeah. it was no, just Nate, too late. Nate, Nate did the whole thing, remember? Watch it again. Nate, yeah. that, that, that was like what everyone went crazy for. Like, Nate was like, God, follow up, follow up. But, and he, Nate but Nate landed more shots after that. Like, he didn't just well, rock him once and then the bell rang. Exactly, it wasn't exactly the same. What I'm saying is like yeah. that beating, but it's there was like one that one moment. moment that Because Masvidal had that one moment... There's still a little bit of light into the tunnel. Like Nate has that one, I that one moment. Col- Colby did a I lot think you're more totally wrong Colby, about that. Colby did a lot more damage to uh, Masvidal than Edwards did to Diaz. I mean, Colby was re- like you guys. The, the the finish I was part. The I was thinking of was when he had him against the fence and was just landing unanswered. And you know, Masvidal was moving his head. He was he was all right, but he was getting. Oh, he was robed open. Yeah, was yeah he slipped. He, he slipped quite a few. Of he, those. He, that was, that he was slipped quite that, a few. Sure, he was did, but he was also but he was also getting hit. He was, and that wasn't the only time. That was one part. He was getting hit. Like, watch the fight again. He, people want to talk about that one shot. I'm that not gonna watch the fight again. Yeah. Colby cracked them with some clean, clean, clean shots. Like this isn't. This wasn't just volume. There's a people were asking why did Masvidal keep getting backed up to the fence. I'm like because when they were throwing and exchanging, like Covington was legitimately hurting him. Yeah. Uh, that there's a reason the, the, the cage got cut off. It wasn't just bad strategy or whatever, or just pressure. He was hurting him in some of those exchanges. So I got to give Covington credit. I mean, he, well, he really was. Well, I talked about this on the, the Q and A. Uh, someone asked, you know, who's striking is better, you know, Masvidal or mm-hmm. Colby? And I was like, well, it all depends on the how worried you are about the wrestling. If you're worried about Colby's wrestling, Colby's res- striking will be a lot better. Mm-hmm. Mas- if Masvidal is worried about the wrestling, Masvidal's striking doesn't isn't as dangerous. So uh, Colby, yeah, Colby uses his wrestling and makes him a much better striker. He uh, he mixed the martial arts. By the arts. way, again, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to put a stop to, but I mean, people just keep doing it, Casey. <laughs> By the way, just to put a stamp on it uh, for context, significant strikes in the Edwards Diaz fight. Leon landed one more significant strike than Nate did. Really? Uh, in overall strikes, Nate Diaz almost 50 more strikes total than Leon landed. 130 to 83 oh, total. Total. So. And then seventy-seven to seventy-six, Leon Edwards for significant strikes. So, so the, the, totally the, different circumstances. I, I, I guess my mind, or where I've, when you kind of see people chatter online, I, I think maybe they've kind of. 
I felt Leon was much more dominant in that fight than I. He was winning the fight. He was winning the fight as far as not taking damage, but his output was not. Yeah, his output was not significant. Not obviously nowhere near Colby Coven. Very different style of fighters, but I thought Colby had Colby had uh, uh, as well in a lot more trouble than uh, Edwards ever did Diaz. And again, uh, Edwards clearly won that fight, but he won that fight in the way you know you win. You win MMA fights, you know. It's right. he, he, and that's fine. I'm not. I'm not criticizing that. But Colby was yeah, really, really did a ton on offense today. Well, I'm not going to rewatch either of those fights, so I'll take your word for it. You can hit the music, Casey. Yeah, I was looking for it. Or is it? Can we stop mixing the martial arts? What yeah. was my hashtag well, I said earlier? Uh, hashtag. Oh, hashtag. Keep the martial arts apart. <laughs> Keep the hashtag. Keep the martial arts apart. Keep the martial arts apart. It's very easy to chant. We'll get it. We'll get the rhythm down there. Hashtag. Keep, keep. This is my new thing, guys. Let's <laughs> stop mixing the martial arts. There's too oh, much. Late. Justin Jacoby went for a takedown, and I was like, "Whoa! Ooh. What are we doing? What are we doing? Stop it!" <laughs> this is what happens. Uh, if you guys, in the morning. <laughs> listen. If you guys are, if you guys still want some MMA drama, looks like Conor McGregor is on the the Twitter rampage again. <laughs> Not on the rampage, but he's out there tweeting. And uh, the more tweets he does, probably the more dramatic it will get. So if you're looking for something to do, head on over to Connor's Twitter because it looks like he's very active on there. So that's it. UFC 272 in the books. AK and I will be back in about six and a half hours to talk some matchmaking. Sean's got a column coming out tomorrow. It, it's not over yet is what we're trying to say. It's never but over. Here we go. So for Sean, for AK, Casey on the ones and twos, and all of you, appreciate you very much. I am Mike Heck. Good night, everybody, and good morning to some of you. Keep the martial arts apart. Keep the martial, Keep the martial arts, arts, arts apart. apart. Keep the Keep martial, martial arts, arts apart. apart. Keep the martial arts <laughs> apart. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. It's like Donna Martin graduates. <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.